Good morning, everyone. Jim Laird live here from Largo, Florida. I was hoping to have a guest on this morning, uh, but that kind of fell through at the last minute. So I've been scrambling to kind of get a topic and stuff. So um, what we got going on today, Dr. Stillman actually has two Monday master classes. Uh, I didn't have time to put the links in the description, but I will do that after this is over. Um, one is at one o'clock. He's redoing the toxins and, fir and first responders videos since our internet uh, went to hell um, on his last one. And then he's going to be um, then doing at three. Well, what is the topic at three off the top of my head? Let me see here. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Uh, hidden topics as first responders. And then at three o'clock. He has another one at three and I can't remember the exact topic. So my apologies for that. So make sure you get on our email list because this week we'll be wrapping up the final chapter of our weight loss course. And you'll be able to get in on that and, and check that out. Um, you can just go over to Stillman Wellness and uh, put in your email address. You'll be on the email list Wednesday night. There'll be an email being sent out. It's going out in today's email, too. But the link to that to that webinar, we do that every week. So just as a just as a reward for you being on our email list. Uh, and of course, you can get into any, any of our coaching programs uh, on Stillman Wellness if you want to go there and check it out. So can you maintain muscle mass as you age? And I'm going to kind of put my own little twist on this. And it's kind of one of my pet peeves is that people will make these broad general statements. And you've got people, you know, like Peter Atia, And we just it's just all about muscle mass. It's about muscle mass. And yeah, muscle mass is important. But I'm going to give my insights on, because I have a large sample size of people I trained for over 20 years, okay? So uh, the things that I see disappearing very quickly, uh, much faster than muscle mass, with, with uh, especially in our modern world, with people as they age, is one, balance and explosive power. The ability to move quickly, the ability to move agile, in an agile way, um, and, and I see a lot of people, uh, especially people that have been meatheads like myself for long periods of time, uh, that don't move really, really don't move well at all because they've lifted, you know, so much, you know, so being able to flow, being able to move in relaxed ways, being able to be agile, I think that's just as important. And if you can do those things, you're going to maintain muscle mass. I don't I don't think you have to have like excessive muscle reserves. Like most of the people that live to be over 100, if you would want to do that, I personally don't. But um, if you want to live to be over the age of 100, being a really big person definitely lowers your odds of that happening. You don't see big muscular people living uh, to be super centenarians. They're generally not big people. Uh, they're generally a lot, uh, smaller in statue, uh, stature. People tend to live a lot longer. You don't see your seven foot NBA guys. Uh, you don't see your, your pro bodybuilders. You don't see guys like that living to the, you know, ripe old age. So, so the, the key is, is you want to have enough muscle and you want to maintain muscle because you obviously start losing it at a certain age, but you don't want to have what I would call excessive or super physiological uh, amount of muscle. Um, 
And then you also want to be able to have variability in the strategies that you're using. You know, I worked with a guy a couple of years ago that had been lifting his entire life and he literally could not relax. Like when you walk, your pelvis rotates one way, your upper body rotates the other way. And that's why, you know, guys that bodybuilder power lift, they walk like a fire hydrant because they, they, they don't, you know, when you're lifting really heavy things, you don't want to rotate. So they lose the ability to rotate through the thorax. And then, you know, even myself, I, I still, I don't, I don't walk as smooth as I probably would have if I hadn't have done all those years of lifting really heavy things, um, which is fine. And I still lift heavy things for me uh, that are that my standard, but I incorporate some things to make sure that I move well. And then I shut that stuff off when I'm done. So I'm not constantly walking around like that. And so when you hear these general statements, people are like, well, I got to put as much muscle mass on as I can, but they, then they don't, they don't understand that, you know, the compression strategies that come with really heavy lifting, uh, you know, can lead to, you know, lack of blood flow into certain areas, you know, um, you know, a lot of joint replacements, a lot of things like that are due to compression strategies that people are stuck in. And a lot of that comes from just not moving every day in different ways. Right. So I would say the most important thing is obviously you want to do something that, that adds some sort of resistance to enable you to keep bone mass and keep muscle mass and obviously keep your metabolism rolling. But, you know, the, the daily, um, movement, you know, people that are, you know, people that live to be a ripe old age are doing things like gardening. They have, they have, they walk a lot. They, they do lots of daily things constantly. You know, it's not like, uh, they're not sitting on their couch and then going to a CrossFit, you know, four times a week to try and make up for it. So you want to have these things in your life that, and, and our, our modern world is kind of basically created this thing where we don't really have to do anything. Whereas, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, 50, 60 years ago, you had to do manual labor as part of your life in order to feed yourself. So now, um, and, and, and it's great that they've emphasized strength training because, you know, if you look at, if you took like the average 80 year old now, and you compare them to the average 80 year old, when I was growing up, my memory of the average 80 year olds, like my grandfather who'd worked on a farm his entire life, who lived in to his early like nineties, he was very active up until the day he died. Whereas today we've got a lot of people that are still alive at 90, but they're in a home and they're in the diaper. You know, you didn't have as many people back then because, you know, modern medicine has allowed us to keep people alive when they probably shouldn't be right. Uh, giving them different medications and things that are keeping them going. Um, but they're just kind of existing. They're not they're not, you know, thriving, so to speak. So one of the best things we can do is do things like throwing medicine balls or, you know, having people stand on one foot and, you know, walking on balance beams, you know, obviously not like four feet in the air, but you know, like balance beams on the floor, you know, having people do cross connects, uh, having people, you know, do things like juggling, you know, standing on one foot, believe it or not. Um, these are all things that work on dexterity, challenge the brain. So you need a wide variety. You know, you just don't want to turn everyone into a power lifter. Although powerlifting, if done properly, can be a good part of keeping people looking good and, and, and keeping people younger. I, I definitely did that with a large sample size of ladies in my gym, but we also just didn't power lift. We also had 
off seasons and we also had different things in our warmups and it wasn't just let's get as strong as possible right uh, because there are consequences that come with that that most people don't really uh and most people don't really take it seriously enough to experience those consequences either you've got you got kind of got two camps you got the camp where it's like they don't do enough and then you got the camp that does too much and then you're you're better off being somewhere in the middle where you're consistent over time and most of the people that you see that have had great results uh whether it's in performance or just overall health and well-being they've 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 worked at a decent level they've challenged themselves consistently year after year after year after year after year right and you know a lot of people don't understand that that if you're going to push performance like you're going to play in the nfl or if you're going to do like triathlons or you're going to do uh you know things like some of the endurance sports have a little bit better outcome as far as like longevity than 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 say the power like the, the more of the uh you know the sports where you have to be bigger and more powerful but when you're pushing the human body to the max edges of performance at a high level that 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 is not healthy you know that's why you know as people age they have to retire because they can't handle the stress that they're putting their body under so um if you are getting older you know, I would highly recommend adding balance into your training. I would highly recommend getting on the floor every day for 10 minutes and just moving around in different ways, getting quadruped, which is all for do knee circles, you know, roll around on your back. Uh, if you can do a uh, bit, you know, rolling to your right, rolling to your left, you know, if you can do shoulder tuck rolls, backwards rolls, you know, all these things on the ground um, would be highly, highly beneficial to you uh along with some some resistance training of course uh but also like i think there's much greater value if you get down on the floor and move around every day you're gonna you're not gonna lose as much muscle mass as somebody who just sits in their chair and and, and reads an ipad all day right and that's why i've seen having grandkids and all of a sudden their, their knees don't hurt as much or their back doesn't hurt as much. And, uh, they're like, what's, what's going on here? And it's like, well, you're down on the floor playing with your grandkids, like 15, 20 minutes, several day, times a week, or they're starting to walk more. They're, they're outside playing with the kids outside more. So a lot of these factors, um, come down to, you know, just steady consistent things over time as opposed to like imposing like massive um, stressors you know so and then if you do if you are playing on the floor with your kids or if you're you know playing pickleball at a decent level or you know maybe you're running some five you know five yard like a five yard sprint you know um you know five ten yard sprints i think are great for older people pushing sleds things like that so like if you're doing that kind of stuff on a regular basis and all of a sudden you're in a crosswalk and a car comes around the corner, you can like get after it and do it. But if all of a sudden you haven't like had to run in a short distance at maximum capacity since you were like 25 years old and you're like 65 and you haven't done that, um, that's going to be a problem. So that, that that's why it's important to have just low level stressors and low level activities so if you do run into a situation where there is an emergency your adrenaline's going to take over um but your ability to handle that and perform well uh during that is going to be much higher if you practice these things 
uh, on a regular basis, you know, so I would really highly encourage you as you age, even, even you're younger, get down on the floor, move around in different ways, do different things, uh, you know, bear crawls like that, that are, that are very unconventional uh, in today's, you know, commercial gym type environment. Like when I'm doing bear crawls and arm bars and, and things like that. And, and like, uh, half to half get ups and things like that at the gym. When we go to the commercial gyms, people just look at me like I've lost my brain. You know, it's, it's pretty, pretty funny to watch because, you know, most people are just, you know, curls and shoulder lateral raises and, uh, you know, kind of sort of deadlifting, um, kind of sort of squatting. So, you know, most people are more concerned with the aesthetics of things, which is totally fine. I totally get it as opposed to actually being able to move well. And if you move well, and if you can display some explosive power, the chances are you're going to maintain uh, muscle mass a lot better than somebody who cannot display explosive power and does not move well. So there's just a few thoughts for you. Um, so I am going to get on with my day unless anyone has any, any quick questions, but make sure you tune into Dr. Stillman's Monday masterclass. Uh, his masterclass is today. Let me look it up real quick. What the other one is. Uh, let's, oh yeah, that's a good one. Supplements everyone should take. That's it. Three. That's going to be a popular one. So that is going to be very interesting to see what he has to say about that because uh, he, uh, thank you, David. Let's see. Micah is getting injured or aggravating old injuries. Well, Jim, James, um, if you are smart about how you approach that, uh, I would say it, you actually reduce your risk of getting injured uh, if you're smart about how you do it. And, and that's where the position, uh, I get into this in the fundamentals of wellness, um, where I have, that's where preparation and that's where, uh, I, I will say when, when you strength train, if you do have an injury when you're older, you, t you tend to come back much, much faster, uh, if you continue to move as opposed to not moving at all. Um, Jim is my concern is doing resistance exercises, getting injured or aggravating old injuries. Um, one, it comes down to position. You got to understand that the exercises that are popular in bodybuilding and powerlifting only really care about hypertrophy and power and strength. Okay. And when you, when you're demonstrating power and strength, you have to have less mobility and, and more compression. That's how you demonstrate maximum force. So the way you're going to set your exercises up is you're going to set it up in a way where you're not using a lot of compression. Now, you're not going to generate the amount of power that you would uh, if you were trying to, you know, lift heavy, heavy things. But for example, like if, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to have a client, you know, do some sort of overhead press, I'm going to set them up in a, in a you know, either seated, you can do a seated landmine, you know, on a bench, you know, I've got a bar and, and I'm here and I'm pressing that bar like this. Okay. So the rib cage is in a good position. The shoulder girdle is moving in a way that, that is biomechanically efficient. Whereas most body, you know, bodybuilders are going to, they're going to sit and they're going to arch 
and they're going to create stability by compressing their spine and they're going to press like this with a straight bar and that just puts a lot of stress on shoulders elbows all the things because they're trying to lift the most amount of weight and build the most amount of weight or build the most amount of muscle possible we can change the exercise selection by by using a landmine which is a bar in the corner and and making it so it it helps the joints move better and changing the position you know doing things like goblet squats off a box you know so there's exercises that have a less probability of cause you can get hurt doing anything the number one injury i see the low back is people in the kitchen turning with a dish and then you know tweaking themselves right i've seen that more than anything very few people actually get hurt lifting heavy things a lot of people get hurt doing the same strategy over and over and over again and they don't understand uh, the position that their body is in they don't understand that you know when they're deadlifting with their head back and their back arched um they're using their spine to basically lift it instead of their whole body and their legs and their trunk and everything um so so it's a matter of um it's a matter of exercise selection and that's why it's important to work with somebody who who is smart about this stuff and and then you got to check your ego at the door and that's why preparation of the body is so important. And if you go on YouTube, if you look at mini circuits, and if you go on my YouTube channel, I have a whole bunch of stuff about how, you know, like if your your number one goal is, is to feel good and look good, like you don't need to be deadlifting with a straight bar. You don't need to be squatting with a straight bar. You might not even squat at all. Like you can goblet squat, you can do variations of belt squat. There's, there's so many different things you can do. You just don't need to do the traditional barbell exercises. Um. So, and then using, you know, you, when you dumbbell press, you're using more of a neutral grip as opposed to this grip and then making sure you're not overly arching your back. I have some, some, some videos on that on my YouTube channel, um, you know, pressing without arching hard and then make same thing with like pull downs and things. You're not arching really hard with your back. You're staying stacked. So your, your shoulder blade can, can upperly rotate on your rib or on your, on your rib cage. Right. Um, your scapula so to speak so so that everything moves better so um if you if you take a little bit of a different approach as far as organizing your training and exercise selection i'd say the risk of injury uh for not doing anything is is much worse and much higher actually one of the highest injury rates is is in marathon runners believe it or not much higher injury rate than than uh than the weight room but uh there's definitely ways you can organize your training so that you greatly reduce and actually lower your risk of getting hurt. But that's where the, the mini circuit, if you look on my YouTube channel, there's mini circuits. You know, I go through all sorts of different variations of exercises that, that help kind of put your body in a, in a better position. And obviously starting slow, you don't really need to do that much if you haven't done anything in a while. Uh, but you just want to, you know, just want to keep it keep it simple you don't have to do that much and then when you start doing a lot of isolation exercises that's when you start getting into uh, you know people you know inflaming elbows and and things like that so it, it just kind of depends um richard asks what kind of uh protein supplement should an older person take and how much well <clears throat> i like getting getting my protein from from real food um so like things like bone broth you know grass-fed beef things like that 
as you age, you don't need quite as much protein as, as you did when you were younger. But, you know, you, I would be shooting for at least 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 per gram of, of, of lean body weight. Um, but that's going to depend and vary from person to person. But like, you know, goat whey, most people handle well. Um, you know, some of the whey proteins, just to make sure you rotate your protein powders. Uh, that's basically how you want to handle that. But uh, real food's always the best. You know, I would be shooting for 20, you know, 25, 30 grams of protein for, for the average dude at, at every meal, uh, making sure you're getting uh, what you need so you can maintain muscle mass, maintain skin, you know, all that stuff. And you're getting lots of, you know, if you're eating lean proteins, you're going to get the good fat that you need. So, and James asks, are uh, Jumping jacks and jumping rope good for bone density? Do they stress the knees too much? Well, that all depends, James. Uh, so if you have someone who has the ability to absorb force with their ankle, their knee, and their hip in a, in a good way, it, it's not a problem. If you have someone that doesn't have the ability to be elastic, um, and the, 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 the thing is, you know, the, the trick is the dose, right? So 10 jumping jacks is different than 300. And you know, 10 seconds of jumping rope is different than four or five, 10 minutes of jumping rope. And so if you haven't done those things in a while, are you qualified to do them one? So, I mean, believe it or not, there's people that are not qualified to walk. I mean, I tell people to walk outside every day, but there's people with impingement in their hips and things that need to do other things before they are able to walk. Or, you know, I'll have people that their gait is so messed up and there's just not a lot can do about it so we we recommend things like recumbent bike and things like that because the walking is actually hurting them more than it's helping them. and and sometimes there's that are in situations where they can't really maintain or they can't do anything to really help it but, um so they walk as much as they can obviously you don't want to not walk at all but there's people that actually can do a lot of damage by walking excessively so these things are all, all very individualized. So if I do recommend if you haven't done jumping jack and they, and yes, anything, if you have someone who's done nothing, no resistance training, nothing, and been very inactive, uh, just if you have someone who's bedridden, just the act of walking is going to build bone density for them. If they've been in a bed or, you know, in a, you know, say they're in a prison camp for, you know, for five years and they've been, you know, solitary confinement. These guys after World War II coming out of the Holocaust. Um, you know, just the act of getting up and walking and moving around and then getting some nutrition over time uh, would, would build bone density. So a lot of it depends on who you are and where you're at, right? And so then there's a big difference between somebody like me who has incredibly thick bone density because I've done some, lifted some really, really heavy things over the years, right? And so um, it comes down to... Um, you know, I don't need to do that much to maintain what I have because I've got this massive reserve of bone density that most people don't have the bone density that 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 I have ever in their life because they haven't stressed themselves uh, in the way I have. So, yes, jumping jacks, jump rope can be good for bone density. You just have to make sure you start at the right dose. And, and, and do you have the ability to absorb the force from that? Um, and the key is, is like, you know, like, little kids doing all this stuff in phys ed, like this is going to be the problem is you're going to have these kids. Like if you look at, there's been videos going around of like 1960s phys ed where these, you know, where, where these 
these high school kids are doing this phys ed, and this was just normal phys ed, and they're going through all these, you know, people are looking at it like, wow, this is incredible. Well, that's the way it used to be. Like, everybody did gymnastics. Every, you know, even when I was at school in the 80s in Canada, we had everyone in class ran, like, ran a mile. Like, everybody. Like, even the really, and there wasn't that many unfit people, but we all had, like, we had a thing called Canada fitness where everybody went out and, and did stuff. Even if they sucked at it, you got kids today who have never done any of this stuff. Right. And so a lot of us that are a little older, at least our bodies have a memory bank of doing these things while growing up, you know, kid today at two is handed a screen instead of them crawling around on the floor and amusing themselves that way. Instead of going out in the backyard at five, they're inside on a screen. Right. So what's going to happen uh, when people have no foundation at all. So my, my recommendation is, is when starting with anything, if you haven't done it in a while, start with less, start with just a little bit and then more and add a little bit more. Uh, the biggest thing, awareness, people just have a really hard time knowing when to stop. Right. And then most people just don't do a really good, good job of building a foundation. Right. Like most people, when they, you know, they've been eating like garbage, and instead of just saying, well, I'm going to remove some of the junk food gradually, and then I'm just going to add some protein in, I'm just going to gradually do this. They, they go from like eating potato chips and, and Taco Bell to uh, doing, you know, intermittent fasting or a four day water fast. They, 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 there's no like, you know, there's no process involved. Right. So we want to, you know, we, you know, or people will be like, well, I haven't worked out in six months, so I'm going to go to Orange Theory. Or I'm going to go to CrossFit. And then they get thrown into the meat grinder and they wonder why they get hurt or they, they stop. There's no like, okay, I haven't done anything in like 10 years. I'm going to start with walking three times a day. Or if I can't walk, I'm going to ride a recumbent bike, you know, three times a day for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to start. And that's why in the fundamentals of wellness, I'm slowly adding things because most people, when they first start, a lot of the people in the, in our coaching program are beginners. When they first start, they need to spend five, 10 minutes on the ground doing simple warm-up stuff and doing simple drills to get them ready to do the next level. Most people just jump right in. They don't do any kind of preparation. Uh, it's like track and field. Like if you look at track and field athletes, the majority of their time is spent doing really simple things, skipping, bounding, hopping on one foot, you know, doing all these low level activities to actually prepare them for that hundred meter sprint. It was really funny. I was listening to an interview by Hussein Bolt the other day and, um, he was like, I trained for six years to run four seconds or, or to, to run for nine seconds. Right. And, um, he's like these people that quit after two weeks because they didn't get results or three weeks. They weren't seeing results fast enough. I trained for six years for, for nine seconds. You know, you know, what, what kind of discipline does that take? And, 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 uh, uh um, what kind of consistency does that take? But that that's where most people go wrong. You know, most people will go from one extreme to the other. You want to start where you are. You know, if, if I'm here in Tampa, I can't, I have to start in Tampa. If I want to drive to uh, Glacier National Park, I can't start. I can't start in uh, Kansas City. I can't start in Wyoming. Uh, I have to start here. I can't start in Fargo, North Dakota. I have to start in Tampa, right? And I have to get in the car and I have to drive. And most people, they don't want to do 
a low level activity to prepare them for the next level. They want to r- jump right to something that's fancy, uh, instant gratification. And uh, unfortunately, that's kind of a horror society is. And that's how things are marketed, you know, especially in the weight loss and the, and the uh, you know, the, the fitness industry in general is the quick 12 week success, you know, and you can have great success in 12 weeks, especially, you know, I see fundamentals. So, well, that's it for today. And you guys have yourself a great day. We'll be back here tomorrow. And uh, thanks for jumping on here. Thanks for all the great questions. I really appreciate it. Have yourself a great day. Make sure you get outside.